All right, we're here live at Cocoon Studios on an unseasonably warm day in Jersey City, New Jersey. Beautiful Jersey City, New Jersey. Here with Pioneer the Eel from Bloomfield, New Jersey. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. I'm doing well, thank you. Hey, yeah. hey, you got a great voice. Really? Yeah. Well, I hate to sound like I like your that. speaking like voice, Wayne. Soft and gentle. You do? I oh. do. I always thought I sound like, a, you know, annoying. So usually <laughs> when I do these live sets, I like to pretend that it didn't happen yet. Right. But I'm just going to be straight with everyone. You guys already played. It sounded great. Cool. And Thanks. everyone will hear Thank that you. after this first portion of the interview. Usually I try to do some bullshit thing where I lie to people, but I'm tired of doing that. Okay. So this, this is, is a new format. This today. is a new format where we're straight with everyone and we told them, straight you talk guys express. already played. Straight <laughs> yeah, talk did. here at Cocoon Studios. Corey has inspired me to be more honest with people. Yeah, <laughs> We were talking about truth here. before, right? Remember? Yeah. So happy new year, guys. It's 2020. Happy new year. Happy new year. A little bit into 2020. You guys released your second record mid last year. I'm at 400 records. Yes. Tell me about it. You guys expanded the lineup significantly. Pioneer the Eel originally a trio. Now you guys got a whole crew. Got Adam Bird. Hey. My good pal Tom Barrett as well. Hello. So tell me, why'd you guys decide to expand the lineup like this? What inspired that? Craig. Okay. I'll take this question. And Wayne uh... too. Well, um, we were going to record the second album and we wanted just to make it, it was going to be different. So it was going to have other things. Trio was awesome, can be limiting at times. And then like we just happened to meet Adam and he saw us play and he was um, pretty much like, oh, I'll, I just want to be in your band. And we're like, yeah, we're looking for somebody. And then it kind of, kind of went from there, but it was just to uh, beef up the sound a little bit. So it's kind of just rolling along. And Adam, I'm sure it was really like, I'm doing this. I've, I've met Adam a couple of times. He's very in your face, like, but that's a good thing. I am in your so face. So tell me how this happened. Yeah, I I was uh, playing a show with them because you know I do a bird also the electronic thing, and we I think played a show together at Stasha's, and I had seen them once or twice, but this was the time they played like an early version of Perio with just the drum machine and Wayne played bass synth on just this one song. And it stuck out to me as like, Oh geez, this is what they're doing now. This is awesome. So I like went up to them afterwards and like, this was the first time I really talked to them, like really more than a, Hey, good set type thing. And I think by the end of the conversation, I just said like, if you ever want somebody to play that part live so you can play drums, let me know. And I just showed up at practice to learn the song. And then it was like, do you go also want to learn these other songs? And then I did. Yeah. You did? Yeah, we have a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that story ended there? You did? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. Well, we, have a house, uh, we have a house in Bloomfield, well, Wayne and I, and uh, we play in the living room. And we have a perfect little setup, and like the trio sound fit the setup, and then Adam and Tom just kind of fit in, and they respected how the living room sound works, so we don't get the neighbors upset. We created living room uh, 
living room music, a new living room music, we have to call it, because that's where we rehearse. But we can get really loud, which is cool, like we did here loud before. Yeah, often, it's just loud. Yeah, it's yeah. good. But anyway, yeah. it's part of the vibe. <laughs> the, house, the, neighbors are. the house that we live in is part of the, the vibe of the music sometimes. It's kind of weird because Wayne could talk about that too. This is where we live and where we play. And... I'd, I'd like it if it were haunted. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Living in a haunted house. <laughs> yeah, I would live in a haunted house. It'd be awesome. If it was haunted, I'd love it. So, I've actually gone downstairs sometimes hearing noises in our basement. So we got like this creepy basement. Well, it's not creepy, but I like it to think that it's, it's creepy. creepy. No, so when I walk down there, I kind of get like this vibe. I don't know. I like that kind of stuff, and <laughs> I just hope there's like I get down there? a very like a very gacy vibe down in that gacy. basement. Oh, that's, yeah. that's not good because there's a lot of because there's a that's lot not good for all male bands. Well, you'll they, all wind up dead. <laughs> there are a lot of toys yeah, in that basement. Yeah, there's is, a lot of stuff. This is all not good. Yeah, there's a lot so. of toys in, the, in, our, in our house. Oh, yeah, so. there's a yeah, toy collection Wayne has. Uh, pretty has impressive. A, yeah. Lego pretty, and such. Pretty epic. On display. I'm proud of it. And, but, uh, uh, yeah, no, I like I like creepy stuff. The creepy house. The basement, it looks really... It's got these green walls that are, like, they're disgusting. And, and that's, what the, song, no that's what the song... We didn't play it. I mean, we're not going to play it. But, uh... <laughs> But uh, that song Phantom that we have on our record is about the fact that the house is haunted with a phantom. We had someone came to our house one time and we had just moved in there, Craig and I. I don't know, what's the guy's, what was his name? I forget his name. It's uh, Rich. Uh, A friend of mine's name is Rich. And he actually said to us, uh, oh yeah, I pronounced someone in this house right over there not too long ago. Remember he told us that? He was saying like, that's that's not good. Yeah, right on the stairs and... Yes. <laughs> My friend was I like, who, who that, says that? To these guys it. just moved in here. He's like, oh, oh just... man, dude. Because <laughs> yeah, it was probably for him like a very like, like impactful experience because he probably came over, right? And he saw the steps and all he could think was, oh, I saw a corpse there. So he had to say it. Yeah. But so I'm totally curious about this evolution of your sound from the first record to Bunkers record that came out last year since you guys live together how does the songwriting work and what initially inspired you to move on to this kind of expanded lush sounding well, it's style of music the songwriting process when craig and i first started playing it was literally just came out of um him and i literally just playing like we weren't even really giving a thought in the beginning to writing stuff we were just playing whatever came to us and that's how the first record no i was playing drums but i was at first i was just playing a tom like floor toms i originally played bass that's my main instrument and you know we went through a period with our last band and craig and i just still wanted to play we were just playing music in his apartment like maybe like six seven years ago and uh yeah with floor tom and just guitar that was it and we were just doing it for really the fun of doing it because we we love playing music. We had no intention of stopping to pl- playing. And um, just slowly evolved. We went to Vic's house one day just to show him some songs. Remember we went to your place? We were like, oh. We were just setting up the floor, Tom, in his uh, was in your uh, dining room. Dining, love- yeah. And it sounded awesome in there, by the way. You had these wood, the wood floors. And music sounds nice in this place. That's 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how it started. That's it. It was one drum, and I was using Tom, uh, the mallets, just because 
I don't know, I, I like the tones that I was getting from, I was trying to do like a more tonal thing, because I'm not a drummer, you know, so like, um, I was just going for like the tones of the drums and like, like for some. Well, I you guess just I played, played them now. You played a bunch of songs. Playing them, but I, you I'm sounded saying, good too. Well, thank you. I, I, well, I'm not maybe a traditional drummer. I don't have like the, you know, the training and everything that, that, that drummers go through. I mean, it's, it's insane. <laughs> like watching drummers, like, oh, I can't, I, I'm, I don't know if I could discipline myself to do that like all the time. I'm just, I hear things in my head and I just try to, even when I play bass, it's the, the same thing. I just hear it in my head and that's, I, I try to get myself to be able to, to do that, you know? So that's how we started. And he would just come down playing something and I would just kind of hear the toms more like a bass. You know, I'd play along to it like I'd hear in my head, like how, what would I be playing on bass? And I would look for the tones and was doing rim shots. I didn't use cymbals mainly because I wasn't a huge fan of the abrasiveness of them. The guy we used to play with, the drummer, I was always there and it just, it always bothered me. And I wanted this, not that I have anything against cymbals, I just said, let me just try to do this without that, with what I can do, just getting tones and sounds and stuff like that. I love tambourine. That's why I use tambourine most of the time, but I love like all those like old like recordings from like the 60s, like they use tambourine like crazy. I just love that sound, you know, I just think it's, it's cool. And and how about since you guys live in close quarters and you write and record music together, how organic is the songwriting process compared to kind of like structured, maybe if you weren't really in close proximity to each other? Yeah, 100%. And then, like, it's, it's even just, we just play together and make the jams. Like, in the beginning, we would give them to, give them to Vic, have him listen to them. He'd be like, oh. He'd like it. He just starts singing what he would feel over it. So it was pretty organic, you know. Um, especially from the beginning, like I said, Wayne Wayne started on the tom. And I was just playing along, just little parts. Bring it to Vic. He just liked it. He starts singing over it. Becomes something. So there, and there's like tons of recordings of just like. <laughs> and I think too could have been and stuff. So I think we tried to make a, a kind of a conscious effort to do it that way because we were previously writing and it was a different way the approach of writing was more like okay well we're writing stuff we're putting parts together and we, like you said organic we really tried to keep it that way like keep it just as natural and organic as like like when i play like i don't try to think of anything i just i've listened to what he's doing i don't try to analyze it and i just i'll just go and i think that's just how we approached it you know in the beginning i think it's changed a little bit because it's as we still like that though because if you think about it like even like this, the new songs. I'm, I'm thinking of like my involvement and when I came in, I was learning a combination of a couple of bass synth ideas that were being worked on. And then when once Tom had joined on bass, there wasn't really so much of an impetus for a bass synth anymore. So it was more just a general synth type thing. And that was that's when I started to have like more fun with it. But you, I was thinking like when when the songs though come together, it's like I mean they're you look at how almost none of them have traditional song structures and all that. I mean, that's a that's a pretty solid uh, indicator of how organic these things just kind of like build themselves in a weird way. You know, like whatever part's supposed to come next. It's not about like verse and chorus. It's like, no, that part wants to be next. It's not like, oh, the chorus comes next, so we're gonna play the chorus. You know, so. And as far as expanding the lineup to expand your sound, how much of it was someone like Adam coming to you guys saying, hey, I can add this element to your sound? And how much of it was 
maybe prior to someone like Adam approaching you thinking, hey, we want to go about this differently? I wasn't there before I got there, so I can't answer the question. Yet. No real, no thought. I don't, it just kind of just ha- really just happened. Yeah, I, mean, I just yeah. think once Adam joined the band, we wanted to make the sound fuller. So we just like, wow, we can make this, we can expand upon this. So that's when we like when we went into record, and I don't think Tom was even in the band, right? No, no, yeah. And then he joined while we were recording. Right, like right, right. And then he like he then he kind of like added his parts like last minute. Almost right, oh, like the bass parts, and then well, I think Wayne had recorded them, and then you wanted me to re-record them, right? I think that's what because it was like a year ago. Was it was at the end of December of 2018. There was yes, yeah. But uh, I think that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to see, we wanted to just get like a fuller sound. That that's like the the main thing about. Go ahead. And, and we wanted to do something different. We didn't want to repeat what we did on the first record because. Yeah. You know, probably could have, but it would have been, I don't know, just not something we were interested in doing, you know, trying to see where we could take what we were doing, just different direction, you know, I kind of like, I, I, I kind of like that stuff, I don't like being too settled and comfortable, I like to try to, you know, push where you think you can go sonically, you know, like some just doing something different, like you already know you could do that, why... Do it again. Just go listen to that record if you like it. Let's do something different. You know, let's try something. And we actually new. made the first album in our house with this guy Tom Unish, and then the other one was recorded like Bum Bunkers in a studio, and then overdubs were done. Our friend Doug Gallo did it. Uh, you know, place in New Brunswick. Did so you totally say Gala? Too. What? Yeah. Gala. You know, that's him? my last name. Oh my god! Oh shit! <laughs> okay, keep going, sir. Uh, yeah, so that's really cool. You should check out. So, you should, so um, wow, I actually didn't know wow. that was his last oh my god. name. So I was thinking to myself, like, oh my I'm god, looking at you, thinking like, oh, so, Tom he Gallo. Just, did guy. he just like play the wrong note or something? Yeah, no. So yeah, Doug Gallo. Yeah. Hey, Doug. So you, I'm your cousin. You guys. <laughs> yeah, you guys need to connect now. Yeah, because you're right. We'd have a field all the same way talking about our last name. Being the same. <laughs> he's not there anymore, right? No, he's he, down in South. Jersey now, close to Philly, outside of Philly, I think. Oh, yeah. nasty. But yeah, so that was different too, you know. Speaking of that, going to a studio compared to recording at home, was that another conscious decision that when you guys were ready with this material, thinking we want to go to a studio, maybe it was someone else came in and suggested doing that instead? What no, was we definitely the didn't want to do there again. That? We thought we would definitely move past the house, yeah, recording yeah. there, and we were playing, rehearsing there all the time too, so. Just a different you know, change, it, change of environment, just getting a different vibe yeah, going. Yeah. We actually recorded, it was like a two different places. Uh, I don't remember the name of the studio. It used to be called Tracks East. It's gone now. It's gone now, but uh, they had an, they had this <laughs> awesome room to play in. Like the drums just sounded phenomenal in that room. We were, right? Remember that? The drums, how, how good they sounded. It was just like a natural sound to it. Yeah, then, Doug Gallo spent a lot of time. Getting the, getting the drum sounding good. He did. He, yeah, he got him to sound really good. Tom's cousin. It's a tell me how Tom <laughs> Barrett got involved. I didn't know he came in the last two weeks of you guys recording. How did Tom get involved in the middle of recording this record? Well, Tom actually helped us out a lot in the beginning. We played our first show with his previous band Overlake. Uh, we were fans of them. Craig and I were big fans of Overlake. We used yeah. to see him a lot. And uh, we just got to know Tom, and we liked him. 
you know, right away, and we knew, you know, let's face it, the guy's a monster player. Yes, and absolutely. Um, we just, we I don't guess how long ago we knew him, maybe like five, six years ago we met. I forget where it was, at the Clash Bar. I think it was the first time we saw them yeah, play five, there. Yeah, six years ago. It was a while ago. And um, we just, you know, we played some shows together uh, when we were three-piece with Overlake. And I, just one of those things, we just, at one point, and just in talking, just, you know, he came down one day. And we actually, I got Craig and I, uh, backed him up on a solo show. What was it like two years ago, maybe? Yeah, it was that indie, or was it the North Jersey indie festival thing that happened at Cathedral Hall? Yeah, yeah, oh, that was awesome. And like, yeah, and uh, Craig and Wayne were my backing band for that, and so I kind of spent some time over at the house playing with them, and it just felt really good. I don't know, and it was a good set, and I don't know, I don't remember when you guys actually asked if I would play with Pioneer that Yield sometime in 2018. It was in this because I played that my first show with them actually wasn't a show I was supposed to play with them. They were playing this weird uh, right. like festival <laughs> thing. Where was it? What town was it in? Was it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, a lot and of weird shit oh, happened that was, there. Man. Show Great story. That was my first show. Great and like, I stopped. I think I was at my mom's that day up oh. north. And so I was driving down and I was like, I think I'm going to stop by and see them. And and so I stopped by and said hello. And they were like, do you have your bass with you? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And so I went and I got it and I played with that. I, I think I knew like half the songs, but I played on every one of them. <laughs> that is what happened. Yeah. yeah so uh, that was, yeah, my that. first show was like real improv. It was just like playing for like a bunch of kids underneath a tent. Yeah. Very beautiful. But then we played um, Adam. Remember uh, the Aber when you did your release show at Pet Shop? First it got canceled for the snowstorm. Yeah. Right. And then the next one got rescheduled. Yeah. I think, I think the that snowstorm, was one of the first, like, mind you, the snowstorm where the Markle factory burned down. Remember that? On Route 80? Yeah. During a snowstorm? Oh. Corey remembers, yes. <laughs> I remember. I don't remember actually. I remember driving. <laughs> As a kid, I I would drive past, and my parents would drive past it like almost every day. So I yeah. remember that was like a stamp for like I'm almost home. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, I live in Little Falls, so I, I I mean that's like right there. Yeah. So I that thing that was just like for Did me. You see it? Did you go there? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. So like for me that that just that day is just totally imprinted in my brain as like the day that factory burned yeah. down that you've seen every day of your life. The same yeah. day you played? Well, we didn't play. You it was played. the, oh, it was the snowstorm. It, no, it was because of the snowstorm that the fire got triggered, remember? Something like that? It was windy. Was it? it was cold as shit. And it like knocked something over and burned the fucking yeah. factory. But, but, but I remember we were practicing though when it was the same night that the uh, factory burned. You know down. what, man? You were I don't know. I don't know. Your phone. There's a lot of people right now looking at me for truths, yeah. and I'm probably <laughs> the one that smokes the most. So Just I don't kidding. know what you guys are doing looking at me for this answer. For a lot of good Marco factory content. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should give this to them. It's it's cool that you were talking because you missed the shade that I just threw down on uh, this yellow mic over here. I'll hear it when I listen back. You'll I listen can't to wait. It. All right, so. Yeah, a lot of good talk about that factory in Little Falls that burned down. <laughs> I spent part of my youth in Barona, New Jersey, so I've driven through Little, Little Falls a lot. But ye, I do like your songs <laughs> on Bunkers, and you guys played a couple, nice and we're going to play 
what you just played about an hour ago, full disclosure, everyone, what you're about to hear already happened about an hour ago. Tell me what songs you're going to hear. This new record's great. It's out on Mint 400 Records. <coughs> Give me the load down. Tell me what we're going to hear. <laughs> tell me about the record. And I, we're not, not going to tell you the titles. Why not? Because they can go find them. No, then how are they going to find them without the titles? <laughs> Jesus. We played Perio. Bonkers. Yeah, Perio. I knew which that. Is, which is our single, uh, first single uh, called Perio. Our only single. Our only single. It's called yeah. Perio, in case I didn't say it three times. And then we also played uh, that the Riverboat Hands placement. Tattoo. The Riverboat the Hands, Hands tattoo. tattoo. Yeah, I don't know the name of that song. Right. It's about that guy. And Beach House Bunker as and, well. Correct. Beach House Bunker. Yeah, I like that song. The quasi, what'd you call it? A t- it's quasi titular? It's half titular. Yeah, half titular. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's, a, it's a half titular. So, <laughs> again, everyone, we're live here at the Cocoon. Our good friend Corey Zach's studio here in beautiful Jersey City, New Jersey. Check it out. Have fun Is with your us. KK? CK. <laughs> <laughs> this, this live session you're about to hear happened very recently. <laughs> and Corey engineered it, and it sounds great. Pioneer the Eel, sounding fresh and tight. We're about to hear this great Look at My Records live session. What did we say the official name was? At the Cocoon. This is Music in a Room at the Cocoon. Or in the Cocoon. <laughs> Mmm. Trade them both. 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 Here, you guys, take it away.
We're back. You guys played. It was great. Thank this you. This is the first live session at the Cocoon. So excited. So happy with how this is going. You guys are a very talented group of individuals and even more talented as a band. Wow. Oh, no, solo projects. no solo thank projects. No solo projects, okay? <laughs> Don't, no promises. No promises. But we heard. Craig, tell us what we heard again. Because I know you don't want to. Beach House Bunkers. That was the last song. Beach we House heard. Bunker. It's not Beach House Bunkers. <laughs> yeah, get your own song title right, man. We heard Perio. Riverboat Hands Tattoo. Yep. And Beach House Bunker. <laughs> no, this is correct. Yeah, I oh, had foolish mistake on my part. I had bunker written down, so right, super confused with the pluralization, <laughs> man. I don't know. The, the pluralization <laughs> really threw me off, and I can't handle it. <laughs> Corey speaks. All right, you guys. Next part, records. You guys pick some records. We're gonna play them. It's part of the show. Cool. You gotta do it. Okay, right. so Adam, you picked Barry. I Singles, picked Barry. hey, very related to Jersey City because they played the Double Parked Festival here in Jersey City back in October. I did not and know And they were that. great. And guys, I suggested that they book them. That's a good idea, man. So it's all my doing. <laughs> so well, tell me, Adam. I tell me you like the song Michigan. I really like the song Michigan. It uh, I heard it on my Discover Weekly on Spotify that I religiously listen to every week and make playlists from of the songs I like. And Barry was one of the first artists I found that way, and I continue to spin them often. So when I saw that on your list, another chance to spread more love about that band because that song's incredible, and more people need to hear it. Great. Pretty, pretty simple to the point. You're the best. You're the best, man. All right. Craig, what'd you pick? Uh, I got one here. So it's a Bob Dylan song. From, from a New Bob Mo Dylan record? From the, from the record New Morning. And also the movie The Big Lebowski. The Man and Me. Man and Me will do. Right. Take it away, Bob. Thanks. So, tell me about your relationship with Bob Dylan, Craig. Tell me about it. We do like him. I have his poster on my wall. My girlfriend got me. This is a true story. Uh, I have a book of all his lyrics. And I'm into lyrics. And his are just crazy. Endless. All different kinds. You know... Simple, complicated love songs, songs about comp weird, interesting topics, just all over the map. So, so, so I'm not. <laughs> Craig, do you write lyrics for the band even though you don't sing? Yeah, I have some. Really? Yes. So, what's that? That's like kind of a. Noel Gallagher, Liam Gallagher situation going on. Precisely. Do you guys hate each other? Not quite, because Noel Gallagher writes everything. Oh, he writes vocal melodies yeah. and all that yeah. good stuff. So you come Craig up with the lyrics, and 
I just kind of go along. Vic usually starts just singing his melodies. He'll come up with a couple words, and usually he'll have some cool meaning to them, and I'll just get some ideas and go with it, see if he likes it or not. He'll take it, maybe change it. Collaborative. So it's a real back and forth. Yeah, but it's Vic, Vic usually just, he'll start singing the melodies, just singing what comes to him, and I guess he'll pick some words, and so yeah. I think that's a good one. We'll, we'll pick that one and go with it. And, yeah. I just think the melody's more important than the words. That's that's how I feel about music. How do you feel about that? It's Even though words nice are blending of both. You know? I think words are important, but that's the first thing that I I try to get a good melody. That's but I hate shitty words though. Who doesn't, man? <laughs> yeah. Everybody yeah, does. Tough to do, tough to Thank please. You. Yeah. Great lyrics. All right, Vic, you pick one yet? Pick a record. Um do you have? Because I was gonna do the Walkman, but it um, it really doesn't. Do you have in that? I didn't go through the whole list, but do you have the song "Last Night I Dreamt That Somebody Loved Me"? Do you yeah. have that song? All right, so I'm gonna pick that one. But by the because, Smiths or the, the yes, Walkman? yeah, because that song. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, did the Walkman cover that? I mean, that song kind of kind of saved my life, even though it's like really, really yeah. I mean, it's a very I, powerful song. Right. I mean, I know it's like it's like kind of like a depressing kind of song, but. It just like takes me back to like that point in my life where I was like really down, and so it's just uh, that's why that's why I love the Smiths so much because it's I mean the music is depressing, but it kind of it kind of like saved my life. Yeah. So uh, last night I dreamt that somebody loved me is probably the song that I that like really like hits me deep down in my soul. Yeah, Morrissey, very powerful. With melody, as you just mentioned, <laughs> how important melody True is. He's very and words. His words and melodies, both you mentioned combining. Yeah. So, kind of touched on both of what you said there. These are important components of music. Correct. Pine the heel <laughs> with the hottest of hot takes. Melody and lyrics are important right. to music. <clears throat> We're moving on to Tom Barrett now. That's a hot take right there. <laughs> Moving on to Tom Barrett. Can Here I, you can take. Oh, sorry. Yeah, please. It's all right. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of like I don't know. I had mine, and now I'm like just thinking about calling an audible. But now I'm gonna stick with. It. I picked the anchor by Minutemen from What Makes a Man Start Fires. Fucking love that song, dude. George Hurley, the yeah. drummer, wrote the lyrics to that song. And I guess kind of keeping in, like, talking about how Craig writes the lyrics and yeah. is, like, the non-singing member of the band. That's, yeah, it's a, George Hurley wrote the lyrics for that, and Dee Boone sings it, and it's a beautiful song. It's kind of like one of their sweetest songs, you know, and they really kind of flex their muscles as, like, a, kind of a unique sort of power trio. I mean, they always do, like, with everything, but, like, that one especially just kind of like big it's also at the time i think it was like their longest song and yes. it was like two minutes and 20 seconds or yes. something <laughs> and so, yeah. great great pick i love that song it's one of my favorite Minutemen songs yeah so appropriate given our discussion tom barrett yeah. high marks man <laughs> great choice thanks i knew you'd like it and george hurley wrote that song about a dream he had also yeah, like, I don't know. It was a dream about, like, a bad fuck or something. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Wayne. All right, Wayne. Oh. Well, What's up, on... Wayne? How you doing? Fine. So I, I'm i putting on there, it's a song everybody knows, but it's 
probably my favorite song of all time. And it's the song that made me really, I think, like really start to love music when I was very young. And that's Good Vibrations from the Beach Boys. I think that's, I think it's just a perfect song. I think it's beautiful. I think just the instrumentation that he chose for that song and the and the time when he wrote it, the the vocal harmonies at the end, that it's got that slow breakdown that I think even at like when he wrote that song, like it was so I think ahead of you know what he was doing, his ideas, and I, I just think everything about that song is beautiful. It's got everything. It's got that amazing bass line from Carol Kay in the beginning. That's it's just gorgeous, like the way she plays it. It's like some people don't even know that that's probably a bass. They think, well, you know, the way she's got that pluck sound. And there's the whole thing with the the string instruments when he's got that that whole breakdown though, and the and the you know with the, when the organ comes in. That's like I think to this day one of my favorite breakdowns in a song. Period. I just think it's perfect. So, and then that harmony, the vocal harmony comes in. I can't do it because I don't have you know voice. But you know after it comes out of that. And they had the theremin at the end when I was a kid. Yeah, and I heard the that thing, theremin. I thought that was just the coolest thing. I didn't even know what it was, but it just—you know—my first time I heard that, I was like maybe that I remember it anyway. That really made an impression on me. I was about maybe five or six years old, and there was a Sunkiss commercial on television with a guy surfing in a wave, and that's the music they played for it. And I just thought it was the coolest thing I ever heard. And to this day, I—if I hear that song. I still think it's one of the greatest things yeah. ever. It just made me just really sound. love music and get into it. It's just the sound of it. It just sounds like it's wrapping around you like a blanket, you know? Yeah. I just think it's perfect. It so. is a perfect song. A beautiful song that makes everyone happy. And you're going to be listening to it, so you're going to feel happy, everyone. Here they are. Pioneer the Eels record picks. We'll be back.
ask for compensation There's a little he would ask Take a woman like you To get through To the man in me Myself, I might not take it anymore. Take a woman like your kind to find the man in me. What oh, what a wonderful feeling! Just to know that you are. Cause he doesn't want to turn into some machine Take a woman like you To get through the man in me
I love the colorful clothes she wears And the way the sunlight plays upon her hair selections which included Barry the Smiths Craig what'd you pick man Bob Dylan Tom Barrett with the Minutemen Wayne with the Beach Boys guys this has been an experience 
first ever live session at the Cocoon with Corey Zach behind the board, Pioneer the Eel. Killed it in this live set, first ever live set at Cocoon. And podcast interview to accompany the live set. Right. So, Thank you. show's over. Thank you very so much. Before we go, let's play was, one more yeah. song from the record. Phantom. I would say go with Phantom. We're closing. It's a mellow one. We're, clo- nice. we're closing the show with Phantom. Big thanks to Corey of the Cocoon for having us. This is amazing. You have a great studio. Pioneer the Eel for playing an incredible live set. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can't wait to have you guys do it again in six years when your Stone Pony residency is over. (laughs) (laughs) This is Phantom.
Bring this 